Alright, so today's daf is daf nun hey, page 55 in the Heilige Meseches Ksubis. We're going to go back to the bottom of Nundal Ramabes. We really didn't do proper justice to the new sugya, and we're going to restart with the two dots. Uh, six lines from the bottom of Nun Dalid Amud Beis. All right, give body a minute to get the get the place, and we're going to read from the we're going to learn from the brackets by the two dots Imratza Lahaisif Vichul. Now, very important words, and this is going to be the focus of of uh, the next little bit. All right, just going to get us onto tomorrow's da- onto today's daf, the next uh, daf and hey, and that's like this. The Mishnah says that even though a basula gets two hundred and a baula, a non-virgin gets one hundred, a husband who wants to add on gezinta height, you're welcome to add on. You're welcome to add on. No issues adding on. Gavalt. The Gemara yesterday, and this is just beginning of, you know, this is just uh, the previous lines, says, what's the Chiddush? Why would a husband not be allowed to add on? <laughs> you want to give away money? Give away money. Who's, nobody's stopping you. So Gemara says, maybe I would have thought to not embarrass husbands that couldn't afford it, that if you want to give extra, you could give extra, but don't include an Aksuba. Maybe everybody should have the same Aksuba. So Kamash Malan, that it's okay. It's okay. We're actually not concerned. Now, there's we didn't focus on this too much yesterday, but you you could t- notice that apparently the woman gaining overrides the potential embarrassment of another chasen. It's a little bit of a lesson in midas as well. Like you know, sometimes you have two things you want to do the right thing, but they just don't interact with each other, right? You want to make sure, you, you want to give a woman opportunity to make some more money or to be a little more respected, make it a little more difficult for her husband to get rid of her. On the other hand, there might be a potential for somebody to be embarrassed. Under these circumstances, we say, you know what? That potential for embarrassment is okay. We'll allow somebody to add a ksuva as long as a woman gains. Okay. Now, today's, uh, today's uh, topic, at least initially, is going to focus on the word addition. The Mishnah said, if you want to make an addition to your ksuba, you may. Why is that an important word? If you want to add. Why is this word add to the ksuba an important word? So here we go. Says the Gemara. Six lines from the bottom of Nun, Dalid, Amud Beis, 54b. Here we go. Like a tani. The Mishnah doesn't say if you want to write to your wife. Additional money. Doesn't say if he wants to write additional money, he's welcome to do so. No, no, no. You know what it says? It says if you want to add to the ksuva, you could do so. This is a major diak. You know what the diak is? We're viewing the additional amount written into the ksuba like it's an integral part of the ksuba itself. My ksuba for my besula wife was 200 zuz. I decided to add on. 500, you know what the ksuba now is? Not 200 plus 500 gift. The ksuba is a 700 money ksuba. Okay? That's the word haisif. It's now, I've made a bigger ksuba. Fine. 
This is a proof to revival who quoted Rabbi Any condition you add to Aksuba is considered an integral part of Aksuba. It's not a new separate condition. Now, who cares? All right? So the Gemara now is going to go through an, a whole list of reasons why we care that additional, that additional parts of the Ksuba are considered additions to the Ksuba as opposed to new responsibilities. Okay? And are we hopping along this and make sure we're articulating? Yeah? Why, why, why this is important? Says the Gemara. I'll tell you why. Nafkamina, a difference is going to be, now that we know what's considered part of the Ksuba, and we'll focus on each one. Yesterday we ran through this. Today we'll focus on each one. Here we go. Lamai Kheris, a woman who sells the right to Raksuba. You ready for this? If the additional amount is just a, a separate condition, she never sold it. But now that our Mishnah says that that's all part of the Ksuba, it's a Haisafa. So when she sold the Ksuba, the initial 200, she's also selling this. All right. Also, Maicheles, a woman's Maichel or Ksuba to her husband. So this, if you're Maichel, you're Ksuba, guess what? You're not only Michael the 200, you're Michael the Lamborghini too. You're Michael anything else he threw in there. Lemiredes, also a woman who is a Myrate. Okay, this is a fascinating situation. The Gemara later on over the next couple weeks, we're going to learn some very interesting Mishnaisen about women who lose rights to their Ksuba. One of the women who lose rights to their Ksuba is a woman who refuses to relate to her husband in, a, in, in the normal ways of marriage. She refuses intimacy and so on and so forth. So the halacha is, we, uh, what Bezdin does is they slowly but surely um, fine her ksuba. You know, you're going to rebel against the relationship. Well, you know what we're going to say? The husband's going to come and complain to Bezdin. You know, and Bezdin's going to say, listen, if you don't start... Fulfilling uh, and and uh, your duties and, and living the the way that a marriage uh, is expected to be with physical intimacy and things of that sort. So your ksuba is going to go down to one hundred ninety, and then maybe one hundred fifty. So it goes down. Okay. So since the addition is part of the ksuba, that's also something that we're going to knas. Something we're going to to not a knas. It's something that we're going to. It's it's going to impact. Okay. Also, Ulu Paigemes. Paigemes is if a woman says that, you know, I received part of the ksuba. A husband says, I paid off the ksuba. The wife says, uh, my husband never paid off the ksuba, but he did give me part of it. So she's going to have to take an oath, make a shvua, that she didn't get the whole thing. That's going to apply now to the additional part of the ksuba as well. If a husband adds on a Lamborghini, to her 200, uh, to her 200 uh, shekel, or 200 monoksuba. So if she claims that she got the Lamborghini, but not the 200, she's going to have to take an oath. Because what we're saying is, anything additional is now considered an integral part of the ksuba. So it's like you're admitting to partial payment of aksuba. Okay? Ulitaivas. And also as far as, as far as demanding her ksuba. This we learned out on yesterday's daf. Right? A woman... Her husband dies. So she's a widow. We said she's supported by the husband's estate until she comes and claims the ksuba. 
until she comes to Bezek, if she claims the additional part of the Ksuba, it's considered like she claimed the Ksuba and the estate no longer needs to support her. Okay, now again, keep in mind, we're going to continue going through the list, but these are nafkaminas. This is why it's important. This is what we're learning out. All these halachas learned out from the fact that the Mishnah says that conditions are called additional parts of the ksuba as opposed to, you know, something else. All right? All right. Let's keep going. Ula iveres al-tevas. Okay. Ula tevas, yeah. Ula iveres al-das. And also, a person who is iveres al-das. This is going to come up in uh, about three weeks, I believe. Yeah, this is going to come up uh, um, in a, a different parak where it describes one of the women who loses rights to her ksuba is a woman who's Ivera Saldas, what we call, she left the fold as far as, um, as far as uh, 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 Torah observance, halachic observance. But not only that, as we're going to learn, interestingly, it's not, oh, if a wife decides she doesn't want to be observant anymore, you know, she loses her ksuba. It's done in a way where it negatively influences the marriage because she's impacting her husband. For example, one of, the, one of the examples we're going to learn in the Mishnah is where uh, she doesn't keep the laws of Nida, but she doesn't even tell him. So you have a, you, you know, it, it doesn't work. So she's a very saldas. A woman who lives in a, uh, who's in a relationship like that, she's going to lose... She's going to lose the rights to her ksuva and also the, the taisefes ksuva, the additional parts of the ksuva as well. Okay, we now turn to today's daf, top of nun hei omud aleph. Also, lishavach, as far as the gain in value of the land. Now, what does this mean? So there's a very interesting halacha, and that is if you have a husband who writes to his wife that in the ksuba, she's going to receive a specific parcel of land and then he dies, the land is worth, call it $10,000, okay? And then she doesn't collect it, but it goes up in value. So what happens is she could only collect the amount that it was originally worth at the time of her husband's death, all right? So if the land is written as additional part of the ksuva. So now what happened is like this. The husband writes to his wife, I'm going to give you 200 for a basula plus the land. And then he dies. Since the land is an integral part of the ksuva, it's limited to the rules of ksuva, which is she's only going to get the value of the time of death. She cannot take the value of this land if it goes up. That gain in value actually goes to the inheritors. All right, is that clear? Yeah? Clear? So you're going to look at the time of death, not the shabach, not the gain. Okay. Also, lishvua. Also, uh, as far as uh, making an oath, what happens is a woman says, you know, uh, my husband dies and uh, I never collected ksuba. So we say, okay, take an oath. Take an oath. So that same chiyuv of, t- of taking an oath is going to apply to if, uh, to Taisefes, to the additional amount. Vilashvias, and as far as Hilchus Shmita is concerned, we're in a Shmita year right now. It's incredible. Yeah? What's, uh, we're actually uh, wrapping up a Shmita year. But the halacha is like this. You ready? During Shmita, all financial obligations and IOUs fall off. 
So you have somebody who's married for seven years. Oh, anybody who's married for seven years. Come, Shemitah, you look at your wife and you're like, sorry, sweetie, bye. Huh? No more ksuba for you. Right? That's it. Any responsibility that I took on over the past uh, seven years is out the window. Now I have no responsibility. So that's true by a, generally when you have a chayv, when you have a debt or an obligation. But it's not true with Shemitah. With Shemitah, the ksuba, anybody, any one of us who are married, yeah, are, the ksubas uh, are remaining in place. So the taisefes, because it's considered an integral part of the ksuba, also remains in place. Okay. Another nafkamina is, if somebody gives all his finances to his children, except for a specific piece of land. Okay. So the, the, what happens is, the ksuba is now dependent on that specific piece of land. And even the teisefes is going to be dependent on the specific piece of land. All right? So a person has a general ksuba, and general amounts, whatever it is, and he writes, you know, I'll give you 300. But then he, he, he says, you know, it has to be collected from a specific, he writes a separate document, it needs to be collected from the, a specific area of land. So not only is her initial ksuba going to have to be collected from that land, but even the teisefes, now that it's part of the ksuba, is going to have to be limited to that, to that piece of land. Another halacha is ligvois minakarka. It can only be collected from real property. It can only be collected from real estate, like we learned previously. Aksuba is collected from karka. Well, taisefes ksuba, now that the additional part is now part of the ksuba, also can only be taken from land. And we know from Bavakama, we'll get there, Hashem, we know, some of us have been there, that when it comes to uh, debt collection, there's three types of land, depending on how you owe the money, that the collector may be able to take from. And one type of land is called idius. Idius is the highest quality land. There's something called bainanus, middle quality, and ziburus. Ziburus is low quality land. Now, you can have low quality land that has this, the same value as a high quality land. It's just broader, you know, broader real estate. They make a joke. About three, three, uh, three guys are sitting on a plane, and uh, um, two Southerners, you know, two guys from Texas and a Jew. So the first guy from Texas says he's talking about all the land that he owns. He's got you know three thousand acres uh, out here and all his cattle, whatever. And um, you know he calls it he calls it the the you know. Uh, Say his name is Jeff He calls it uh, You know Jeff Jeff Country Jeff Country Okay The other guy is talking about his You know He owns miles and miles and miles of land You know His name is Dennis And he You know He says his uh, You know He names it uh, You know Dennis's uh, Southern Territories And they look at this Jew And they say No well, What do you have So he says eh, I own uh, like a half a mile I own a half a mile yeah, they say, "What do you call it?" He said, "Manhattan." <laughs> Calls it Manhattan. All right, so you can have a very small area, but it's idious. It can have, but if it's 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 the best, right? It's, it's got it's got much higher value. It's much higher productivity. 
you can have ziburis, which is low quality, but you might get more. So if somebody owes money, ultimately you're gonna have to give land that has value of what you owe. The question is, what type of land are you allowed to say to the collector? Can you say, you know what, I'll give you, a, I'll give you 100 miles of ziburis. You have the value. Or can the collector say, you know, I prefer to have a, a half a mile of Manhattan, right? I prefer that. It's so much easier to, to, to deal with and you got more content. So, the, um, so too over here, what we say is minaziburis, the halacha is when it comes to aksuba and you're collecting from real estate, the, you, the wife cannot demand more than the lowest quality land. So that will hold true with the teisefes, with the extra as well. The cholzman and also there's a halacha that, and this is fascinating, after a, a woman is widowed, so as long as she remains in the husband's home, she's supported by her, um, by her estate, even if she never, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, that was focused on before. Here's the question, ready? A woman becomes a widow. How much time does she have to collect her ksuba? This is a very interesting, very interesting, it's actually had a, something uh, in, in my own life, somebody came to do an interesting Shiloh recently. And there was a dispute about somebody claimed they were owed money. And the other person says, maybe, but it took you too long to claim it. So it's not fair. Yeah, it's really not fair. Like you can't, you can't come back 300 years later to tell me, right? So a woman, a woman is widowed. She's owed a ksuba. How much time does she have to collect her ksuba? So this is interesting. So the halacha is, as long as she's um, living in... Uh, in the husband's estate in the, in the same home she, she has she has till 120 there's no time frame that we give her however if she goes back to her family then she's limited to 25 years she has 25 years after 25 years we can say, we can say to her you can't collect her ksuba okay that's what this case over here is Holzman Shehi Bevesavia. Not only does she uh, have 25 years to collect her ksuba, she also only has this amount of time to collect the additional part of the ksuba because it's considered part of the ksuba itself. And the final halacha that's an afgamina of our Mishnah is Uluksubas Benin Dechrin. And this is what we learned about a couple days ago. And that was when a woman comes into a marriage with a dowry and she dies and the husband inherits her. So only, and then the husband dies, only her descendants get that dowry. It's not split equally by all of his inheritors. Only, the, only her children get the dowry that she brought into the marriage. The same thing is going to hold true with the tosefes, the additional amount that a husband promises a wife, that's going to be inherited specifically by her heirs. It's going to go to her children, even the tosefes, it's part of the ksuva. Period. End of that. Okay, clear? That was uh, a lot of information in, uh, in a few lines, but those are the nafkaminas. Hopefully we have some, some uh, clarkite, some clarity again. And what's this all learned out from? This one word in the Mishnah, which says that the husband adds to her ksuba as opposed to it writing, he wrote in her ksuba. If it was that he wrote in her ksuba, also this then we, don't, we wouldn't know that it's necessarily true. Maybe it's a separate uh, financial responsibility. But now that the mission says it's Hosef, it's an addition, uh, it's all part of the Ksuba.
Beautiful. Okay, period. Here we go. Itmar, we learnt. We are now up to the fourth line from the top of Nun Hey Amad Aleph. Itmar, we learned. Which is, as we just explained, the dowry the wife brings into the marriage that it's supposed to go straight to her heirs, her children. The Pompadisa army, Pompadisa, they said, it cannot, it's not limited to be collected to land which is Meshubid. Let's just explain what this means so that we know for the future whenever we find this. The word Meshubid is used in context as, you know, I don't owe you anything. Okay? Um, now, I'm not obligated to you. Not obligated to you. If I borrow money from somebody, there are certain... Um, there are certain... Uh, need a good word for this. Um, uh, items that I own that become mishubed, obligated to the lender. And there are other things that are not mishubed. To the lender. If the lender wants to come and collect the money because I'm not paying back, he can collect from Nechasim Mishubad, property that's been Mishubad. It's, it's, this land is like I'm obligated to give it to you. Okay? So in Pumpadisa they said, that these specific children are going to get cannot be taken from property that was originally obligated to their mother. Yersun Tanan, because it says it's going to work as an inheritance. Okay, and therefore it's inher- it follows all the halachas of standard inheritance. It is collected only from, I'm sorry, it is collected from Yisvun Tanan, because it says they're going to be able to get it. Okay, so one way to view it is, uh, is are they is it, is it coming in as an inheritance? Or is it coming through as a regular taking? The Hilchisa and the Halacha is, The Halacha is that we do not take it from Nechasim Mishubadim. You know why? Because the bottom line is, Yersun Tanan. We do consider this to be a standard type of inheritance. Okay? So, we're following the people of Pompadisa. Metaltale. What about metaltalin? Metaltalin is movable property. The isnuhu be'enahu. So you have movable property. Let's talk about the the uh, Lamborghini. And he, he, he says it's going to go to my wife. Um, all right. So metaltalin. Here we go. See, so you have metaltalin. You have the you have this uh, movable property that the husband promises he's going to give his wife. This nebenayu and and the movable property, this car that he promises his wife is owned by him when he dies. So the halacha is both um, you know both pompadisa uh, uh, and machasia. Uh, they say that. She doesn't need to make a shvua in order to get it. But let's say he doesn't own it at the time of death. So then, in order to get it, she has to take a shvua. Okay. 
Halacha is, you do not need to make a shvua. Another halacha that has ramifications over here. Why should huh? take a shvua with a shvua that she never, got, she never collected it? Is that, what you, is that the point? She, since it wasn't in his domain, so she, so she has to make a shvua that it's, she has to come and take an oath that it actually is owed to her through the ksuba. If it was already in his property and something that he already had, so we're not going to hack her. We're not going to hack her a China. It's not written down in the ksuba, huh? It's not written in. No, it's written in the ksuba. It's written in the ksuba, but we don't know if she ever got it. So if it's in his property, we know she never got it. If it's not in his property, where is it? Maybe he gave it to her uh, for their fiftieth wedding anniversary. Maybe he he prepaid, you know, on, uh, he, he prepaid his ksuba. So if it's not there, so we'll say to her, okay, so take a shvua that it's still owed to you. That's it. Okay. And, but the halacha is belay shvua. She gets it without a shvua. Fine. Yichid ba'arba If let's say in the ksuba, the husband gives her land, and in the, it says clearly the four sides of the land. In other words, exactly all, all its borders. Belay Shvua. Everybody agrees she could take that piece of land without making a Shvua. We know exactly where it is. You don't need a navigation system. Bechad Mitzra. Let's say he says, I'm giving her land on the eastern border of my orchard. He only mentioned one side of the land that he intends to give her in the Ksuba. So, the Papadisa Amri Belay Shvua. She could t- still take that land without a shvua, but amri They say no. You're obligated. She's obligated to take a shvua because we don't know what exactly he's given to her already. Maybe you know what's been included in the addition to the ksuba. And again, we paskin similarly to what we said before, like the people of Pompadisa of Pompadisa, and she does not need to make a shvua. Amar Edom. If a husband says to witnesses, Kosmu, write, Vichismu, and sign, Vahavu, lay, and give it to him. Kanu, mine. What happens is that the Shlu, the, the Edim, when they take the document, they're going to be Zachim Adam Shleibafanov. They're going to acquire it for the person when they. When they uh, start walking with, when they start taking it, light sarich imlichule, and therefore, in order to hand it over, you don't need to make sure that he didn't change his mind. We'll explain in a moment what the case is. Like kanumine, what if they did not ultimately acquire it? Okay, for whatever reason, they specifically had in mind that we're not going to be zoche la'adam shlabefanim. We're not going to take it on that person's behalf. So bepumpadisa amri light sarich imluchebe. That still, you could just hand it over. There's no issue. You do need to find out first. And over here, we do not pass like the people of Badisa. Over here, we pass like B'nai Masi Machasia. And that is, you need to make sure that, uh, you need to make sure that this guy didn't change his mind. Okay, let's explain. Let's pause and explain this case. So this is uh, connected a little bit to Ksuba, but connected primarily to any sort of document which states that somebody owes money to somebody else. And here's the case. Reuven wants to give money to Shimon. 
for whatever reason. So he calls over witnesses, call them Levi and Yehuda. Reuven calls over Levi and Yehuda, and he says, do me a favor, write a star, write a document, sign it, and bring it to Shimon that I owe him $2,000. Right? And sign a document that I owe Shimon $2,000. So you ready for this? There's a rule. You are zocha for somebody if it's to their benefit, even if they're not there. So says the Gemara, as soon as these two witnesses write it, sign it, and now they go and to bring it to Shimon, guess what? It, does Reuven have a chance of changing his mind? No. Because, because since there's a rule of as soon as these two witnesses wrote it and signed it, it's as if it's already given to Shimon. So Reuven already owes Shimon the money even before it reaches Shimon's hands because these two guys are considered Shimon's hands. The, Shimon already received it by it being in their hands. Does that make sense? They're, they're his messengers now. Because it's his benefit. But you have to sign that you're giving it to them. No, well, maybe that could be on behalf of Shimon. But let me ask you a question. Can Reuven change his mind anymore? No, because Shimon already got the IOU. Even while the witnesses have it, these two guys have it, he already got the IOU. Now, what are the ramifications of this? Very simple. Does Levi and Yehuda need to ask Reuven... Before giving it to Shimon, do they have to ask Reuven, are you still serious about this? You sure? You sure? Yeah? Do they have to make sure Reuven's still serious? No, because it's a done deal. They are Shimon. Shimon already has it. They don't need to ask Reuven if he's changed his mind. But if you have a circumstance where they, for whatever reason, decided we are not going to acquire it for Shimon, and we're just act- acting as mere messengers of Reuven, so Shimon has not acquired it yet. They are messengers on behalf of the giver, the recipient has not got it, so then you're going to have to ask Reuven before you hand it over to Shimon, Reuven, we just want to make sure you haven't changed your mind, right? You're still serious about giving him two grand? Because we need to make sure. That would, that's the halach. Okay? So again, if they intended to acquire it on behalf of Shimon, the is they don't need to speak to Reuven anymore. But if they did not have in mind to, to acquire it on behalf of Shimon, then they do need to go back to Reuven before actually handing it over and make sure that he's serious about this. Okay, beautiful. Two dots. Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria v'chul. There's a very interesting halach in the Mishnah. The Mishnah taught us in the name of Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria that... Um, what happens if at Nesuin, at Erisin, there was additional things written, but then there was a death. They never really moved in. They never moved in together. Um, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah said, any additional amount of the ksuba is not collected. Because there's an automatic assumption that I want to give you the 200 but the additional amount was under the assumption that we're going to move in together. But now that he died, so they never moved in, she could only collect her 200 ksuba. She can't collect the additional amount. That's Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's opinion. All right? So at the time of the actual, uh, uh, you know, Arison, there was an agreement. 
You know, he says, oh, I'll give you 200 and a Lamborghini and a piece of land and a villa and Al-Azachin, and he kicks the bucket. He says, she got your 200 and that's it. Okay. Emar, we learned Rabbi Barab Nosin. There's Machlechzi Rabbi Nosin. Chanamar Lachir Rabbi Lachir Rabbi Lachir. One says Lachir is like Rabbi Lachir Rabbi that you don't get the addition unless you have Nesuin. The Chanam, Ain Lachir Rabbi Lachir Rabbi The other opinion is no, we don't paskin like Rabbi Lachir Rabbi Rather, the Tanakama says you do get everything. Okay? This time, the Rav Nosin Udamar Lachir Rabbi Lachir Rabbi Let's prove that it's Rav Nosin who says Lachir. We do rule like Rabbi Lachir Rabbi Lachir. The Shamina, Leila Rav Nosin. We heard. That Rav Nassim's opinion is the also basal umdana. In general, you follow umdana. Umdana means how should you logically establish what somebody wanted. That's an umdana. Figure out what the person was thinking at the time. Now, why? How do you know Rav Nassim follows that assumption? The Yomar Rav Nassim. Allah is like Roshim and Shizuri by a case of a Misukim. Okay? A case of a Misukim is somebody enters a situation of danger and he wants to write to get his wife, does one of the Ivernaguna, and so on and so forth, or he's very sick. And we know that the whole purpose of all this is just to make sure that everybody's taken care of. That, you know, that, that's ultimately what his uh, mindset is. Top of Omen Bays. Ubertrubas Meiser shall And also by Trumas Meiser of Demai. Truma, you know, we take Meiser and we give it to a Levi. A Levi has to separate Trumas, uh, Trumas Meiser. Okay. So a person separates Meiser from Demai. This is a Chiyova according to the, uh, to the Chachamim. So under these circumstances, we know why it's. <laughs> Bottom line is, we know why you're doing it. Let's say you thought you had to, and then it turns out you didn't have to separate that, you know. Okay, you follow the Umdana. It's not true anymore. It's not Maisa anymore. We know you only separate because you thought you had to, and it turns out. So says of Nassim, you follow the Umdana. So too, we'll say the same thing over here. Rav, um, I'm sorry, that um, um, uh, Rav Nassim is going to follow Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Rabbi Azariah's opinion again is that all the extras written in are, da, are, are only received if you had Nesuin. Because the assumption is, the Umdana is, why did you write that? You thought, you're moving it. You depend on the Umdana. And the other opinion, Rebbe is going to hold, uh, um, Rav is going to hold like the Tanakhama. Who says, no, it's not dependent on Umdana, it's dependent on what ultimately you wrote. What ultimately you agreed to. You agreed to a teisefes, you agreed to an extra. Okay, you didn't move in. <laughs> Last letter of the olive base, tough, that's it. It is what it is, all right? So Rav Nassim says, you follow the umdana, Rav argues, and that's Machlekes Tana. Okay, so what we're, what we're saying right now is, Rav Nassim follows assu- uh, um, assumption, umdana. Now, the Rav, like Azal Basar umdana, Rav who argues on Rav Nassim. That's the assumption. Now, Rav's going to argue on Rav Nassim and hold like the Tanakhama and say that you do not, that you do get the extras even if there was no Nesuin because that was the agreement. Does Rav not agree with this rule of Umdana that you, 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 know, you follow what, what we assume the person's intent is? But we learned you have a guy one foot in the grave the other one in a banana peel. Shekosov Bo Kenyan. He writes a Kenyan. He writes a Kenyan, yeah, that he wants to give over 
something to uh, for somebody else to acquire. All right. So Bebei Rav Mishmei the Rav Amri in the Beis of Rav, they said in the name of Rav, Arkave Atrei Rishi. The we it's an expression. Arkave Atrei Rishi means he. Um, we kind of, in some ways, consider him to be on his way out, and on some ways, consider him to be on his way in. Okay, meaning, we allow things to fall into place afterwards, and let's say he has a miraculous uh, salvation. Miraculous salvation. And he says to us, you know, I only rode away all my property to my best friend, because I thought I had 30 minutes to live, whatever it is. So, okay. So we'll, we'll give him that, we'll call it the benefit of the doubt. We'll, we'll trust him in that way. And we'll also, you know, and, and vice versa. In other words, he's going to have the upper hand to explain what he wanted. And that's what they said in the name of Rav. Now, this very much seems like you can rely on an umdana. You can rely on, listen, you know, look at the circumstances surrounding the you know uh, surrounding the, this person at the time that they wrote all their property over to somebody and we'll take that into account. Ushmul Amar, but Shmuel says no. Lo yodana ma idumba. I'm not sure how to uh, you know how to uh, handle this entire situation. Yeah, persons on a, a, we're dealing specifically with somebody who makes a real acquisition with somebody. A person specifically we're dealing with a, a Kenyan Sudder. Okay, a Kenyan Sudder. So Rashi here explains even where, you know, sometimes you, you force an acquisition. Rashi says the guy was so sick on his deathbed, we were even going to allow the other guy to acquire it without a Kenyan to not shepherd this guy who we thought was like moments away, right? So it's, bottom line is, this says in Gemara's question, Rav says you follow circumstances, and beforehand, we said, no, Rav argues on Rav Nassim, who held that. So Gamara says like this, Bebe Rav, Mishmei the Rav Amri, in Rav's yeshiva, they quoted Rav, Ar Atrei Rikshay, when you have a person who's sick, riding on his two uh, horses, yet, in other words, you know, <laughs> his two horses means he's dancing at two chasnas. In some ways, we consider him healthy. In some ways, we're considering him sick. Which means we're considering things he gave away like somebody who's healthy. In other ways, we're considering him to be uh, deathly ill. In some ways, we're considering him to be healthy. Because ultimately, if he gets better, we know if a healthy person gives something away. Yeah? You want to give a present. And you say, up for grabs? Other guy says, down for keeps and takes it. And you want to change your mind five minutes later like a kid? No. It is what it is. So Rav in this situation as well is saying that um, the, the, the same way if you have a guy on his deathbed, he wants to give a gift. It's a full-fledged... He doesn't want to back up. We're going to consider it a full-fledged gift even though no Kenyan was necessarily made. And on the flip side, we'll say... Um, will say that in some ways it's like the, the, uh, a gift of a shivmeira, a guy on his deathbed. If he says that if somebody, uh, you know, Yankul owes me $2,000, I want him instead to owe the money to somebody else. 
we're actually going to hand it over to that person. So that, that's, a, that's explaining Rav's approach over here and how we're viewing this guy who's, who's uh, got, you know, seems to have uh, a foot and a half out the door. Shmuel, remember, Shmuel argues. And Shmuel says no. Shmuel says, Lo yodana ma Shmuel says, I don't know how to handle this. Why not? So now we're going to explain where Shmuel is completely in doubt. And before we explain why Shmuel is completely in doubt, one, th- this is such a, a um, I don't know, to me, maybe just co- coming from a classroom, it's, it's important, you know, what, one of the things I, I uh, learned, which I, I never received a specific degree, so sometimes you lose out in, in education, sometimes you lose out in the classroom, but so you have to pick, you know, pick up things and learn from other people. A couple of years into my teaching in the classroom, um, uh, there was a teacher, another teacher that shared something so beautiful and I totally stole it. It's a beautiful thing. This teacher told me they don't ask questions and have kids raise their hands. A lot of classrooms, you ask a, you're teaching a, a Gemara, a piece of information, whatever it is. And, you know, you say, anybody know the answer? And the kids raise their hands. You say, oh, Yankel, what's the, you know, well, what do you have to say? This teacher doesn't do that. You know what they do? And I'm, I'm so, like, blessed to have learned this just a couple years into, into teaching. They didn't say it like this. They would say a statement. They make a statement. Or they would ask a question. And after the question, they would say like this. For example, we were teaching uh, Elu Metzias, the laws of lost objects. They give a story. Here's the story. Person loses an object that's out in the street. Here's all the circumstances. Here you go. Anybody who thinks the halacha is you have to return the object, touch your yarmulke. Anybody who thinks the halacha is you're allowed to keep the object, touch your nose. Anybody who's unsure, touch your chin. So, three options. You got to do something. Now, the greatness of this, you'll see soon. First of all, you're not focusing on one kid. You have an entire classroom. Every kid has to do something. Either you think one thing, you think another thing, or you don't know. But then, if you don't know, ready? any kid who touched your chin, you have to explain why you don't know. And this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty. You can't just not know because you weren't listening. You have to explain what's bothering you that you're unsure whether you keep it or give it back. So everybody's involved in giving some sort of tariffs and, and, you, you, and you're constantly checking for information. You know what every kid in, in, in the classroom is thinking. Instead of one smart kid always raising his hand. Okay, you know, Azai. So you can't just not know something. There has to be a reason what's bothering you for not knowing this. And that's the beauty of what the Gemara is saying right now. Rav, you have your opinion down pat. Okay, we get what Rav. Says Shmuel, lo yodana ma'idumba. I'm not sure how to view this. Says the Gemara, Shmuel's not just being lazy. Or, I don't know, I don't know what the Rebbe said. No, 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 no. Says the Gemara, let me explain. Usually when people are confused and you don't know, that's the deepest. That means you know more sometimes, right? It says beautiful. Says the Gemara like this. I'm not sure why. Maybe this guy who's sick only really wanted it to, to give over whatever. With a star, with a document, instead of an actual Kenyan. The Ein Star, Lachar Misa. 
And there's a rule, Ein Shtar Lachar Misa. Once a guy is dead, any document coming from that person is not effective at all. And therefore, if somebody owed him money and he wants to transfer the document over to somebody else so that they should now, the, the money should now, be, uh, should now be owed to them, it's not going to work. So Shmuel was unsure, had a view, like working with Tyre Star, working not with Tyre Star, if we're with Star, then it's not. Fine. So now we know why Shmuel is not sure. The bottom line is, says the Gemara, one second. If Rav Nosson is the one who follows Umdana, he's the one who follows the assumption. That means Rav doesn't follow assumption. The problem is, getting back to our question, st- taking a step back at Iman, Rav clearly over here says, we do follow Umdana. When a guy's on his deathbed, he said, we do follow the, the uh, automatic assumption. So says the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf. To wrap this up, Ella rather Tarvayu Azli Basar Umdana. Both Rav and Rav Nosson agree that you need to look at what the umdana is. What, what was the person, uh, what's the person thinking? The one who says, fine. We understand. He said you follow umdana. The guy dies before Nesuan, you're not going to get the Ksuba. Why? The assumption is you only add it in because you're going to move in. I, I, am, I am trying to figure out the husband's mindset. And ready for this? We have this. We had this logic previously, and that is Hachanami Umdan Daituhu Mishum Ikruve Daituhu Vahakirva La Daita. When a husband writes additional things into Aksuva, says the other Mandi Yamar. Ready? He he's not saying, "Oh, because we're going to live together." You know why he's adding in over the two hundred? You know what he's saying? I want this woman to know that I care about her. I want to develop close. I want her to develop close feelings for her. I want me to develop close. I want me to develop close feelings. I want her to develop close feelings for me. I want to develop close feelings for her. And you know what it's going to take? Sometimes throwing in a, 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 sometimes throwing in an extra bracelet. And that was his purpose. See, he kicked the bucket two weeks later, so she shouldn't get it. No, she should get it. Because his purpose was achieved. The purpose is not to move in. The purpose is to bring close feelings. So that's the Machlaikas. Again, everybody agrees you got to look at what the guy's mindset was when looking at the entire situation. The Machlaikas is, okay, so what was his mind? Because we're going to live together. Or is his mind? No, because I want to build, I want to build a, you know, a, a relationship. Let's just wrap this up. Let's do one more step and then we'll hold it here for today. Even though we are on to... Uh, the, the next daf, but we're going to tell a psak halacha now. Who do we paskin like? What's halacha? When a person adds into a ksuba, and then he dies without nesuin, does she get it or not? So here we go. Yosef v'chanina kara kameda rav yanai v'ka amar halacha v'lozman zayah. Pasik rav v'lozman zayah, she does not get the extra. Amar lei, pike kara v'karna lebra. Go, get out of here. Get out, get out of my yeshiva. That's not true. Yeah, you can't... We do not pass the Bazaar. Meaning, you do get the extra. Even though Rav Nachman got upset about this and he said, anybody who rules like Rav Lozman is going to be in big bad trouble. Yeah? Is it? Period. All right? Bottom line is, 
a person writes additional amounts into the ksuba, and he kicks the bucket before Nesuin, she collects the 200, she does not get the extras. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.